Let's go in-depth on Hawkeye Sports with the Des Moines Register. It's time for Hawk Central, powered by G-Mig's 5th Street Pub on 1460 KXNO. Off and running with Hawk Central here on a Wednesday afternoon on 1460 KXNO. It is the one episode a year, if I had to pick one that I think I get the most excited for, that uh, I get the most out of, it's actually this episode. And I'm a guy that just a few years ago hated doing predictions. I hated this stuff. But now I realize how much fun it is if you just kind of dive in and, and, and you know, immerse yourself in it. Chad Leistico, you're always a guy that has loved doing this, aren't you? It's fun. Yeah, it's fun it to kind of predict. I mean, we're obviously don't get them all right, but I would say Mark Emmert two years ago picked Iowa to lose to North Dakota State. So uh, the bar is always high for Mark's picks. I enjoy those. It's funny, Chad. Looking back on it, I always feel like it's always been that you've done well. But like I remember, Rick Brown every now and again, Rick would nail a game. You know, he he was Akron Wildly is going to run for two hundred yards against Illinois. Where is that coming from? Yeah, he went for like two twenty. Who it was? So was it? No, it wouldn't have been Wadley because Mark was with us through Wadley. I don't. Either know. way, and then Mark's the guy that always nails these things too. So anyway, we're going to dive into this. We're going to go game by game. But Chad, we uh, we can't really start until we find out who the Hawks actually going to have on the field against Northern Illinois. And a few more suspensions came down today. Yeah, more tough news for the uh, Hawkeyes opener. Uh, Alaric Jackson um, out again. He was suspended in the Pinstripe Bowl, suspended again for Week 1 uh, for violating team ru- rules. Same for defensive tackle Cedric Lattimore. Um, you know, big news today. Yeah. Uh, apparently the stuff happened in the spring, and then they've worked back into good graces. Uh, but, yeah, definitely we got to talk about this first game and I think just these suspensions now, right, Mark? I mean – Right. The obvious storyline is you're playing against a team that was one of the best in the nation at sacks, mm-hmm. and now you don't have starting tackles Alaric Jackson or Tristan Wirfs for this game. Yeah, and that's uh, they got that guy Sutton Smith. He was an All-American last year with 14 sacks. Already being hyped as an NFL prospect, and so he's going to be a handful for whoever is out there. And now they got, uh, like I said, both tackles out. We got probably going to break in two new guards as it was, so that's going to be – what, Inner new center, four yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, so uh, have, have have a lot of fun there, Nate Stanley. But um, I mean, I, I think the good news for Iowa, obviously, is they've had time to uh, you know kind of address this and, and absorb it, and maybe try to plan for some things and get some guys ready to, that uh, that to, to play. I mean, last year at this time, we learned that Manny Ragumbo was going to be out against Josh Allen, and we thought, well, that's a huge loss. And then a guy named Josh Jackson stepped in and. And everything was fine. So maybe they can come up with some guys that will be able to handle this team just fine. But it's, uh, it definitely is a concern for the Hawkeyes. All right, Chad, let's get into it, man. We'll, we're going to have a podcast-only section, a, a third segment that we will have available at hawkcentral.com, and it will be included on your podcast here. So we, it, we'll get more into that and more details there. Let's get into the games here. This is the fun side of this, I think, right? We're three weeks away, man. What uh, we know now through through today, at least we hope we know, what that Hawkeye team is going to look like. Is it still enough breaking in an entire new offensive line, figuring out a new running game, a couple of new guys in the defensive backfield, brand new linebackers? How are the Hawks going to do against Northern Illinois? Uh, I guess I'll start. Uh, line has moved from 13 to 10.5, by the way, in this game. Um, so it just tells you that, uh, I mean, this Northern Illinois team, uh, just looking them up and, and looking them up and down, I mean, they've, they're best in the trenches. <laughs> so, and I was without four linemen. But nonetheless, um, I still have uh, Iowa winning this game. I think uh, they've still got the better quarterback. Uh, they've got um, 
a history of they've had plenty of time to plan for this game. Uh, Iowa, I've got Amir Smith Marset scoring on a long touchdown early, like that. And uh, Iowa does still have those good tight ends, and that they can help in that pass blocking. So I've got the Hawkeyes in a struggle in the opener, but surviving twenty-seven. All right, does Amir Smith Marset carry that ball, or is he catching it? I, I, I didn't specify. It could okay. be a reverse, or it could be a bomb. <laughs> I'm going to say it's a throw return. <laughs> or a return. Yeah, that's I was the other thing I was going for. Twenty-seven seventeen. What do you think, Mark? Yeah, I actually toyed with now changing my pick in light of today's news, but I've decided that uh, I'm not going to do that. I think the Hawkeyes, as I mentioned, have time to prepare for this. I think maybe some of those younger guys will get up for this game knowing that it's their chance to shine. They're being thrust in here, uh, maybe a little ahead of schedule, but sometimes guys respond very well to that. Um, Chad is right. This team is very good at the line of scrimmage, very good defense, but they're very kind of weak on the skill positions, Northern Illinois. So I've got Iowa winning a, a fairly uh, close 20-10 to 10 game. Ooh, a little I, defense there. I had to, I wrote down twenty four ten as my final. Okay, and I think you know well, you guys you guys hit on a lot of those points. I do think the Hawkeyes have plenty of time to prepare for this. They should be a better team. Uh, that defensive end scares me a little bit. I didn't even know that they had a defensive end that looked like this until um, Tristan Wirf's incident. And I saw some. Uh, I think you guys were kind of talking about this. Hey, this is something to keep an eye on. So that does concern me a little bit. But I think you've got a lot of guys in this. You mentioned Amir Smith-Marset. I think that those running backs have a lot to prove, and they have to know that this is a team that they can kind of get that tread against, and they've got to kind of show their their medal. So I, I think the Hawkeyes run the ball well against this Northern Illinois team. They start to show some of those uh, that, that passing game through the tight ends, which should be a mismatch. And I think 24-10, Hawks get off to uh, an undefeated start, baby. Yeah! <laughs> All right, Mark, we'll let you fire off with uh, with the Cyhawk game, the Iowa Corn oh, Cyhawk game. Well, this is uh, obviously uh, quite a test for the for the Hawkeyes. I mean, I think uh, Iowa State is trending up. We saw that last year. That was a hell of a game last year in Ames. I expect a really close game again this year. Maybe not that high scoring, but I think it's going to come down to uh, how good that Iowa or that cycle offensive line is. Supposed to be much better this year than it has been in the past, and then we're going to find out. I think a lot about. I was rushed defense against Mr. Montgomery because they had a really tough time with elite running backs last year. Recall not just Montgomery, but uh, you know Barkley and Jackson of Northwestern, and and uh, of course uh, Mr. Taylor up in Wisconsin, and even the bowl game. AJ Dillon kind of ran, ran him ragged there in the first half. So I really think that uh, this is going to be a David Montgomery game, and uh, I got uh, a really good game, but I've got uh, ISU winning twenty-four to twenty-one. I don't even know where to go from there. Chad, I'll let you just take off. Well, uh, I'm not going to help matters here. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I see a lot of, uh, uh, in this Cyclone team, I see a lot of, um, like that last year's Cyclone team, I see a parallel between the 2001 Hawkeye team. A lot of close losses, some nice wins, kind of a, a new coach uh, program um, that seems to be doing some good things. Going in the right um, direction. I see. Yeah, I you're, think you're, uh, – Tough game. They, they, Iowa State definitely has this circled. Uh, I think they have uh, their best position group is defensive line on defense, um, outside of running back. And that's, again, I'm, I'm not sold on the O-line, and it's going to be a work in progress. So uh, Iowa State's one of the few Big 12 teams that does play defense, and uh, I've got Montgomery being the difference, um, just like Akram Wadley was last year. And I got, I do have Iowa State winning this one, 28-24. Am I wrong? One of the concerns that I, I see here is that those new linebackers and mm -hmm. trying to match up right. against some really athletic 
skill position guys yeah. that are big at wide receiver that are really quick coming out of the backfield. I can see that being a problem. I man, I have this as a win for the Hawkeyes. And I do think it's going to be a really close game, and I'm probably seeing this through those black and gold glasses that I always talk about because David Montgomery is a special back. Mark, as soon as you mentioned the Saquon Barkley stuff and that Iowa has had a trouble with that, it almost kind of paused me for a second. Like, you know what? You're right. You're absolutely right that this defense has struggled against those special backs over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. They've, had, they've had good games against them, too. Um, you know, shut down Ohio State, who had some powerful guys. Yeah, yeah. They Was, didn't try to run, right. though. Wisconsin, but. that's true. Wisconsin didn't run over them a couple of years ago when they had uh, some, some big backs. So they've had success also, but it does scare me. I do think the Hawks win that game, and I've got the same score marked at 24-21, but the Hawks on the ah. uh, on the front end of that. What yeah. was your score you had, Chad? I'm sorry. Yeah. I had Iowa State twenty eight twenty four, and I'm not going to the wall on this. I think it's a toss up game. Yeah, I completely. Um, I think we all yeah. agree. There's with a that. lot of toss ups on this schedule. Um, I just, I, I think I, I think Iowa State is better than, you know, most of the nation expects. I think they could be a contender for the Big Twelve. Then it comes you and I, and I'll, I'll, I'll jump in first here and go out on the limb and say the Hawks take care of you and I. I have them moving to three and zero, and I think this is another one of those games, a lot like I see. Northern Illinois, and maybe even a little, a little more aggressively, that those running backs have to see that as a week to really show what they have. I see that as a game where you can use that. They should all be penned in to be using those freshmen that'll be in that same position. That's a good one to uh, to, to get a lot of those guys playing time. They're going to want to do what they can do to impress those coaches. That can come back to bite them too. Uh, and I could see those guys maybe wearing a little bit too much pressure that day, but I think the Hawks still walk away with a win. Um, I'll go 35, late touchdown makes it 17 for you and I. I've got uh, the defense kind of trying to find its footing here and finding its footing. Uh, I think the pass rush is going to be overwhelming in this game for Iowa. I've got Anthony Nelson and A.J. Epinesa combining for four sacks and the Hawkeyes rolling. Um, after a sluggish start, they're going to have a little hangover in Game Three after two tough games. But I still have them pulling away for a forty-five ten win. Forty-five to ten. Mark, where are you on this Northern Iowa game? Kind of with you. I mean, I think one thing to point out is they'll be coming off a bye, Northern Iowa, and they'll be pretty well rested. And of course, this game means a lot to those players. Um, they've had this one circled for probably three, four years. But I, I just can't see them moving the ball consistently against Iowa. Um, and I think Iowa obviously will have a lot of motivation not coming off of a loss in my pick. So. I've got Iowa rolling 35-7 behind Torrin Young with a big day. Yeah, I, I like that. 35-7 Marquez for that uh, UNI game. And then the, a really tough one. The first loss that I have on the Hawkeyes' schedule is this Wisconsin game. It, it, home game, and I think that by week four, you've got some things settled in. That offensive line is now back to, to being healthy. You've got Jackson and Wirfs um, that have had, have a couple games under their belt now. And maybe even a little time off with that Northern Iowa game. You know, you're not maybe not playing four quarters like I mentioned with those starters. So everybody's healthy. And I think the Hawks put up a really good fight there. But Wisconsin's a machine, and I think you end up losing that one, maybe twenty-one seventeen in that range. Mark, where are you with uh, with Wisconsin? Yeah, obviously the biggest game of the year, I think, right here is Northern Iowa. I think that's pretty safe to say. Uh, closing off September at home. Yep. They got a tough home schedule, uh, and obviously we saw what Jonathan Taylor did to him last year with 157 yards up there. I think they're going to have a tough time with him again. I actually think that Wisconsin offense could be as good as Penn State's was last year. I mean, that's really, really a high-scoring, high-powered unit. Defense not quite as good. I do think uh, Iowa will be up for this game. Be a lot closer than last year's game was for sure. I think um, I think I think Iowa's linebackers might get exposed here for the, maybe the first time of the season though. And I got Wisconsin coming up uh, with a 31-21 win. 
Oh, Chad, yeah, that's we're in kind of the same boat there. Mark has the ten point game. I hopefully see it a little bit closer. Where are you with this really tough Wisconsin team? I teased Mark earlier this week. I said I've got an amazing stat for this Iowa Wisconsin yep. thing. Okay. Yeah. The last three years, Iowa has one single offensive touchdown in this series, and that was a two play fifteen yard drive. Last three years? Last three years. One offensive touchdown in the Iowa Wisconsin series, and that was a, a 15-yard field. It was a little come flare pass a, to George Kittle up in come Wisconsin. Come off a fumble? Yeah, I believe it was. Yeah. And uh, in the 10-6 Iowa win. So you're talking one touchdown, which was a short field in 12 quarters. Um, tough, to, tough to overcome what happened last year, too, I think, with the 66-yard offensive performance. But I do I agree. I think Iowa's up for this game. Um, I've got them fighting to the end, just like you guys do, but I have them losing 24-19. to Yeah, it's a close game also. Yeah, and that's. Uh, I hope we're wrong about that one. I'd love to see that be that uh, that Ohio State game this year. That it seems like everybody yeah. is kind of writing that one off right. and saying, "Yeah, probably an L." Well, you know, we're ready to take an L that day. It'd be great to come away from that one. And uh, yeah, I think if I mean if Iowa lost Iowa State as as we predicted, I still think that's a toss up. Uh, and then come back and beat Wisconsin. That's a heck. That's a successful September to come out of that Absolutely. three and one. Yeah. All right. Then the, uh, there's a season right there. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, Mark, then we have the bye week, and it goes to Maryland. This is uh, – or I'm sorry, we, I'm, I'm skipping down to Minnesota. Uh, but bye week, yeah. then first road game at Minnesota. What do you think about the Gophers? Uh, it's the second bye week, basically, for Iowa. I don't think – the questions are, do the Gophers have a quarterback, and does it even matter? Um, I think the answer to both questions is no. Um, Roddy Smith is a really good player, but he can only do so much. I think it's going to be a, a Stanley Noel fan game. They're going to get it going up there, and I was going to win pretty easily, twenty-four to three. Hmm. Wow, I like that one. I'll take that. Sign me up for a twenty-four-three. That could be an interesting sound off, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think Iowa has a huge coaching advantage here, a huge uh, talent advantage, a huge quarterback <laughs> advantage, and a huge tight end advantage. So uh, Mark and I are on the same page here. I've got three different tight ends scoring a touchdown in this nice. one. Nice. Oh, uh, Which three? I've got Noah Fant, TJ Hawkinson, and one other one to be named later. <laughs> uh, either Nate, on. Nate Weeding or Sean Byer. Haven't decided yet. Uh, I'll, I'll let you know on game week. And uh, I got the Hawkeyes rolling at Minnesota. The Hawks win their four straight in this series, forty-two to thirteen. Okay, I didn't feel so bad because I initially wrote down thirty-five-seven on this, and when Mark said twenty-four, I thought maybe I'm uh, pumping up this offense a little more. I'm right in between the two of you, and I'll sit there uh, with that. I had thirty-five-seven, and for all the same reasons you guys are talking about, I think that the Hawkeyes have so many advantages here. I don't think things are going well in Minnesota. It seems like there's some rumblings that they're kind of uh, you know, people. He's downplaying expectations up there, which which tells me they're maybe another year away. Uh, well, yeah, okay, at least. At least. I think that's the, the, the one to put at the end of that. So I have the Hawks rebounding, having that nice bye week, uh, beating up on Minnesota. I like how Mark put it, possibly back-to-back bye weeks. But it is back-to-back uh, road games because they head to Indiana following that. Chad, is this a game? This is one that some Hawkeye fans say, mm-hmm. you know, kind of keep an eye on this. This is a dangerous Hoosier team or an improving Hoosier team, maybe the right way to say it. Yeah, I think it's a decent team. They return all five offensive linemen. Um, That'd be nice, I, and, wouldn't it? And I... <laughs> <laughs> Iowa That's a has. Theme this year for Iowa opponents. And it's an early game. Um, just a tough environment to get up for. Uh, you know, went and covered that game in 2015. That was one of the tougher games of that season. They did emerge victorious, but that was a good Hawkeye team, too. You know, and you go back in Kirk Ferentz history, with exception of 2015, there's always one of those head scratching losses. Um, I think I, I think you got to chalk one up 
for this entire season, and this is where I have it happening for the Hawkeyes. A little bit of a letdown spot um, for a young Hawkeye team searching for its identity. Indiana in a tight one. It's always tight over there, 22-20. to 20. Mm. All right, Mark, I don't see this going down that way. I, I, I the, the morning game, I don't like that. At Indiana, it's yeah. one of those, you know, 11 a.m. tip-off or 9 a.m. tip-off in the NCAA tournament. Like, there, there seems like there can be no possible energy in that stadium as we sit here on, on August 8th. But I think that the Hawkeyes have to see that they have a few losses on the, on the board here. Uh, we've already got Wisconsin. You both have Iowa State sitting there. They've got a couple of really tough games coming up behind this. I think that they've got to be focused. They go in there. Shouldn't be a new thing to play at Memorial Stadium in Bloomington. Hawkeyes get a victory in uh, at Indiana. I'm going to go 24-21, close game. So you got them 5-1. and one. Yeah. I've got them 3-3. Three and three. Go ahead, Mark. Yeah, I, uh, I, this is a very intriguing Indiana team. I agree uh, under Tom Allen. I think he's doing a good job there. Great pass defense for sure. Not sure about their quarterback play yet. They're going to be breaking in a new guy probably. Um I, I, this is a tough spot, I agree, but I, I, I see Iowa coming in there pretty focused. You know, uh, Indiana will be coming off a game at Ohio State, so they might be a little beat down hmm. after that. Maybe maybe not. Uh, but I see uh, Iowa getting a defensive score here and uh, the tight ends being a big factor to help that offense move the ball a little bit against that pass defense, and I, I got Iowa winning 27-14. Nice. All right. You're Mark's- high on the Hawkeye defense this year. I've noticed a lot of low scores by you. I think mm-hmm. it's going to be the other way around. I think it's going to be... More high-scoring games this well, year. Uh, yeah. I think in every game I've had the Hawks giving up more points. In every game we both, well, except for Wisconsin. You had Wisconsin. Oh, no. In every game we have uh, Mark has the Hawks giving up the least amount of points. All right, Mark, we're going to let you start with the uh, uh, the game. Come back home to Maryland for homecoming on uh, on October 20th. What happens with, uh, with Maryland? I got Iowa getting six straight shutouts to end the season. I'm just kidding. Um, I do have a little scoring game here. I'm not sure. Well, I guess I didn't think about that That's when I was doing these scores, but uh, maybe uh-huh. I am a little higher on this defense than than, uh-huh. uh, than you guys are. Maryland, another really intriguing team. These teams you only see once every three or four years, and every time you do, they've got a new coach. <laughs> it's yeah. really uh, you know, kind of tough to project. Uh, obviously, this team had some problems last year. When, I think they're down with their four-string quarterback by the end of the year. But they got a lot of young talent. They're coming on. Um, I just don't think this is going to be their day. I, I've got a kind of a rainy, misty, muddy day. Kinnick, and I've got Iowa's run game. Maybe the first time we see uh, Mr. Sargent kind of tune things up. Oh, here yeah. Mm. And uh, I got Iowa pulling out a 21-14. <laughs> Another slugfest. And he's got some mud at, on the turf field at Kinnick Stadium. Yeah, I, like I love that. the forecasting. <laughs> he painted a gloomy picture for us of the day. It's a yeah, cold, windy, rainy. Sounds like a great game to go to. Yeah, they, they, they'll have the blackout <laughs> that day. Imagine yourselves walking into Kinnick and the... All right, Chad, what do you got for Maryland? Okay, I got another good stat for you guys. This is Iowa's only home game in a span of 48 days in this season. Crazy Whoa. stretch. If you do uh, yeah, add you them got all a up. pair of road games following this. Yeah, and four week. Games wow. the um, But I think uh, at this point, Iowa's 3-3. Three and three. I think there's a lot of angst in the fan base. Uh, but I think this is a, a get-well game for the Hawkeye running game against a defense that allowed 4.7 yards of carry last year. Um, and I think uh, young quarterback Spencer Petrus even gets some of his uh, eligibility not used, but uh, the four-game rule um, deployed here toward the end of the game. Iowa wins it handily, 45-21. Whoa, man. And here's that? another thing. You, you you notice that Mark is doing some low 
defensive numbers, you've got a lot of faith in this Hawkeye offense. You've got to put up some points this year. Well, I think the old line's going to come together by this point in the season. I think it's going to be a, a struggle early, but uh, I just I have a lot of confidence in Nate Stanley this year. I, I'm I need to be sold on that those linebackers though. I just remember 2014 breaking in three new ones, and that was ugly. Speaking of confidence, Hawks go to six and one. With a rolling win over Maryland. I, I had 28-17 was the score I, I wrote down. It doesn't seem like a blowout by any stretch, but maybe I'm imagining that uh, late in that gloomy day, as the rain starts to affect the play, that, uh, that you know a, a punt, an errant punt ends up in the hands of a speedy Indiana up back that uh, races down the far sideline, bumbling through tackles at the five over the goal line, 28-17 the final. What we're going to do is take a little break and just let that picture sit in your mind for a little bit. We still have the back half of this season. And we mentioned a couple of road games, Penn State and Purdue, to kick off the final five. We'll break those down next. You're on Hawk Central, 1460 KXNO. Everything you need to know about the Hawkeyes, it's Hawk Central with the Des Moines Register, powered by G-Mig's Fifth Street Pub on 1460 KXNO. Wrapping up our 5 o'clock hour with Hawk Central, Chad Lysico and Mark Emmert hanging out with us, going game by game through this Hawkeye schedule. Chad, right now, let's uh, let's recap kind of where we are. We're through seven Hawkeye games. I have them at 6-1. and one. Mm-hmm. You have the Hawks sitting at 4-3, and three, I believe. Yep. And Mark, you're at 5-2. and two. That's right. Correct. Okay. All right. Let's uh, let's get into the second half here, where I think things get pretty tough. You guys are a little bit more optimistic on this second half. Uh, it starts at Penn State. We all had them losing to Wisconsin. You both had Iowa losing to uh, to Iowa State. I think this is the second loss in the season. It, Penn State might not be as great as some people in the country think they are, and at this point in the season, maybe they've been exposed a little bit. They might not be a top ten team. They're still a really good football team, and I think at Penn State, they're able to beat the Hawks, and I, I have this one uh, 21-10 Penn State. Mark, you go ahead with uh, what you think happens with the Nittany Lions. Oh, scoring. Well, uh, uh, the first question I'm wondering if this game is at night, because I think if it is, that, that gives uh, Penn State even a bigger lift. Than yeah, still a TBD. Penn, State, uh, Penn State's looking at the – they're at Michigan the next week. So maybe they're looking ahead a little bit, but uh, McSorley is fantastic, as we know. I think this team is legit, even without Barkley. Uh, they're going to score some points. Um, I think Iowa's going to make this one close. I think it's going to be a good game, but I can't see him winning it. So I'm going to go Penn State 28-20. Okay. Uh, Chad, you have him going back to 500 here? Another tough stat here. Uh, last two meetings, Penn State's uh, gained 599 yards and 579 yards against the Hawkeyes. Uh, good news, though, is those are two of the highest uh, totals ever in the Kirk Ferentz era, by the way. Uh, good news is Saquon Barkley's gone, and yep. so is offensive coordinator Joe Moorhead. He's the head coach of Mississippi State. Bad news, Trace McSorley has another year of eligibility. Uh, I've got uh, a young team in a tough environment. This is by far the toughest environment this young team's going to face all year. Absolutely. Um, you know, we saw what happened with the Wisconsin environment last year. Um, but I do think the, the team's getting better as the season goes on. Tight game. Uh, comes up short in the end, 31-24. We all have a close game there, Loss. though. And I think that, you know, sign me up for another a uh, tough one with Penn State like that. All right, Mark, I'll let you start. Chad, you haven't done one first. You haven't gone first in a little while. You get the honors with the second road game in a row at Purdue. Yeah, uh, Iowa plays its best football in November, right, when it has a good team? Um, yeah, so far I've right. got them 4-4, four and four, uh, but I do think this is a team that's going to finish stronger um, and start slower. Uh, in game nine together, I've got uh, linebackers Imani Jones and Nick Neiman um, becoming more decisive. And Matt Hankins looking more like the version of Josh Jackson we saw last year. I like Purdue a lot. Um, 
I think they've they've got a better um, program than I think people give them credit for. Uh, but I think uh, this is a game where the Hawkeyes kind of get a little bit more of a signature win. Um, Nate Stanley directs a 21.4th quarter, and the Hawkeyes wow. pull away 38-24. Uh, that, yeah, that sounds like fun, too. All right, Mark. That'll be th- his 22nd career start by then, so by then he'll be a veteran. 21.4th quarter. I've got him staying healthy. We'll get, we'll get some uh, Dolphin highlights out of a 21.4th quarter. Sign me go. up. Absolutely. Yeah. Mark, what do, you, yeah. what do you think happens with Purdue? Yeah. I do like this Purdue team more than a lot of people do, but uh, I'm not sure about their running game, and which is obviously one of the questions that Iowa has is stopping the run, so... I think uh, Iowa's going to be very motivated here after uh, getting beat at Penn State. I think they're going to have a really, really strong game from start to finish. Uh, I agree with Chad that Stanley is going to have a big game here with uh, Smith Marset being on the receiving end of a lot of those throws, and I've got Iowa winning 31-17. 31-17. I have 28-24, so I have a much closer game. Hawkeyes. Maybe when Mark, yeah. yeah, yeah, Hawkeye's okay. still winning. I mean, you're going to notice a trend there, I think, Chad. <laughs> uh, I have, uh, but I'm I'm with Mark. I have a. I think this is a really good team. They're really well coached. By that point in the season, they will be improving. It's really hard to say in August how good that team could be in November. But uh, I do think the Hawks. They're in that same boat. Hawks are well coached. They get better, as Chad was saying. So I still think that they win that game. But it's a tough one on the road. Maybe a little beat up after that Penn State game. Traveling again, I could see it being tight yeah that'll be their fourth road game at five so back home for a november 10th matchup this one another one that's still uh, uh to be determined as far as time and probably will be for a bit here this is the northwestern team coming to town mark what do you think happens with the wildcats well this is a team that uh i, I mean Fitzgerald obviously is a very good coach his teams always have better records than probably their talent would indicate like i actually think they're quite a bit like iowa and that you can pretty much always pencil in for six seven eight wins a year they're very consistent so I like this team. Uh, obviously, the question is going to be there's the quarterback, Clayton Thorson, by this stage of the season. Is he back at all? How healthy is he? That's going to be a, a big key here. Uh, uh, Northwestern's coming off home games against Wisconsin and Notre Dame, which uh, is a crazy schedule. Uh, going on the road, you would think this, this trends very well for Iowa, but that's the kind of game that kind of scares me a little bit from a Hawkeye fan, and I can see Northwestern come in and stunning them with a 24-17 win. 24-17 Northwestern. Mark, breaking my heart over there. That's three in a row for Northwestern. Yeah, in the I, I don't see that happening, Chad. I, I'm, I, I was with Mark until the score. <laughs> that, and I didn't know, Mark, that they had that schedule coming in to this game. That's a, that's a brutal beat-up. Yeah. And it might be one of those situations where after getting beat up, you're playing with that chip on your shoulder and you know you're on the road. Uh, you know the Hawkeyes are going to play you tough, and they do come away, but I don't think that Fitzgerald's able to figure it out three years in a row. Um, Hawkeyes, again, are improving throughout the season. By that, This is where I'll start to say like the tight ends are making a big difference. I could see Amir Smith-Marset having a breakout game with some of that speed, and I think the Hawkeyes win 28-21. Chad, where are you with Northwestern? Well, if you remember back to last year's game, there's one guy that really took this loss hard. That guy's name is Noah Fant. He dropped the fourth uh, overtime mm-hmm. uh, oh, man, pass. I forgot about that. Uh, and and was crying after the game. Um, you know, uh, really kind of revamped his. Uh, he he really points to this game. It was a tough day for him. So I think this is a game where we're talking about November. We're talking about probably the alternate jersey game, which always seems to go well for Iowa. Um, so I think Noah Fant has a, has a three touchdown performance. Mm-hmm. Um, Wow. Uh, goes straight to the NFL. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I do have the Hawkeyes win in this one, um, 35-21. All right. So we, uh, two of the three of us are Hawkeye fans at least. I shouldn't say that. Chad, you're not a Hawkeye fan. You're a reporter. 
I'm a Hawkeye fan. Yeah. Illinois, <laughs> Illinois, two games left. Illinois and then the game, home game against Nebraska at Illinois, but I don't think that matters. Uh, Lovey is returning a ton of starters, but that doesn't matter. Uh, this is a pretty bad team. Even if they're improving throughout the year, the Hawkeyes should be able to go over there and kind of have their way. This might even be that fourth game, third or fourth game, that we see some of those freshmen come in and still maintain their mm-hmm. redshirt eligibility. I think the Hawkeyes are able to... Roll through this game, I think, 35-7. Chad, where are you with Illinois? Punting is winning. Ryan Gersande flips the field a couple times on a very windy day, as it always seems to be over there. Uh, and Ivory Kelly Martin, we haven't mentioned him, a Chicago-area prospect, oh, yeah. uh, has his best game as a Hawkeye, scoring once through the air, once on the ground. Kind of an ugly game, but the Hawkeyes uh, win this one 30-13. to Mark, we're both uh, you, this is going to be tough for you, man, because we have some pretty low-scoring games there. Are you going to be able to get under my seven for the Sockeye defense? I'm going to tie it. Uh, I think uh, this Illinois team is not impressive at all. By this stage of the season, they probably have already quit on the season. I think Iowa can dominate these guys. I got Smith Marset with a kick return touchdown mm. for what it's worth, and I got Iowa winning 31-7. 31-7. So we're all pretty close on that one. I have yeah. Lovey Smith uh, suffering his 20th straight Big Ten loss, by oh the way, in this goodness. game. Oh, because you've done the game-by-game game with every team, Chad? Yeah, oh, yeah. my goodness. That's what I got. They've lost 12 in a row so far. <laughs> I've got them going 0-9 this year. Oh. Man, we'll see. Maybe in our podcast Where? extra we start, does Lovey keep his job? <laughs> All right, Nebraska, we'll, uh, we'll wrap up the season again. We'll get that Black Friday game. It's an 11 a.m. kickoff. Uh, Iowa hosting this year in the Hy-Vee Heroes game. Chad, what happens to wrap up the season? First of all, where, are you keeping track of where all of us are right now with record? Uh, I think I've got seven and four. Uh, Mark's got seven and four. I believe you're I'm eight at and nine three. and two. Well, I've, I have them losing to. Oh yeah, nine and two. Yeah, right, I'm losing to Wisconsin and uh, Penn State. So you've got them probably maybe in the mix for Big Ten title. Probably they're, not. They're fighting. We'll see. Yeah, I guess Wisconsin would have yeah. to lose a couple times. Anyway, I've got actually Nebraska coming into this game seven and four, and Iowa seven and four. I'm a little higher in Nebraska than most people this year. I just think Nebraska's home schedule is much, much easier than people are giving them credit for. And I actually have the Huskers coming off a big home win against Michigan State. Uh, meanwhile, I think uh, Iowa has a huge advantage at quarterback in this game. Uh, it's at home, and I think uh, it'll be a tight game. But I think uh, Stanley hits Hawkinson for the game winner. Hawkeyes emerge with an 8-4 and four finish, 29-28. They missed the wow. two-point conversion attempt after the wow. touchdown. But tight, tight game. Okay. 29-28. Mark, what happens with uh, with the Nebraska that game? That's like a great game to cover. Yeah. I got the opposite. I think uh, I'm not sold on the uh, team in, in Frost year one. I think they're at least a year away. I think I got them coming in four and seven, uh, limping into this game, and I got Iowa dominating them again, 34-13. Frost said get us now, and I think Iowa does get them now. Uh 34-13, Hawkeye. He did say that. <laughs> yeah, I had 28-14 as my at final, and I'm a lot more with Mark on Hawkeyes? this. Yeah, Hawkeye's okay. winning. I don't think that – I'm not sold on Frost his first year. Give him some time, but they're they're going to be going through a lot of turmoil this year. A lot of times in these first years, uh, you know, things can go really good or really bad by this point in the season. I have a feeling things aren't going well in, uh, in Husker Nation, and they come into Kinnick and the Hawkeyes double them up 28-14. And then right. I end the season, man, I'm at 10. At uh, ten and two on the year, two. Yeah. So what bowl? What uh, New Year's Six bowl game are they going? Well, to? here's the deal. Then uh, because the Wisconsin be actually great Wisconsin actually ends up at nine and yeah. three. Hawkeyes win the West. They win the Big Ten, and because oh, of the oh, way oh, things oh. shake out in the 
in the throughout the country. Hawkeyes end up sneaking into that fourth spot in the playoff, and then it's uh, all hands on deck, man. We we come back on yeah, and we Alabama. do another. Yeah, we come back on. And we do another prediction show about how they win the championship. <laughs> on board, I think uh, eight and four Holiday Bowl. And, Mark, uh, you've got Mark's got eight and four as well. Okay, yeah, okay. You predicting a bowl trip for us? Well, let's go to Nashville. Nashville, okay. Right. We got to remember that weird rule about not going back to the same spot. So Chad, you're more t- in tune with that and how the both those would be new. The, yeah. the wiggles are in that, so it won't be pinstripe. I can guarantee that. All right. Well, yeah. another year awaits my dream of seeing the Hawkeyes in Yankee Stadium. All right. When we get uh, back, it's going to be Cardinal baseball here on Cake Snow, but we're going to have a podcast only segment for you Hawkeye fans. It'll be uh, downloaded with your normal podcast. If you'd like to check it out, get to hawkcentral.com. Cardinal baseball coming up next. You're on fourteen sixty KXNO. Everything you need to know about the Hawkeyes, it's Hawk Central with the Des Moines Register, powered by G-Mig's Fifth Street Pub on 1460 KXNO. All right, podcast-only version of Hawk Central. It's always fun when we get to do this because it's a little bit more loose. We get to stretch our legs and uh, and get a little wild. And, man, nothing's, <laughs> nothing, nobody gets wild like Chad Leistico. So let's do this thing. <laughs> well, uh, beginning of the show, we talked a little bit about the Alaric Jackson uh, suspension, uh, Cedric Lattimore, the other young man that, yeah. that's wrapped up in this. Mark, you did a story on this. I think you're the one that uh, Andrew Downs saw this this morning as we were working at the fairgrounds and was reading it to me, but didn't seem like there were a whole lot of details about exactly what happened. Is Am I right about that? Yeah. Okay. No, and they're, and they're not going to be. These, these weren't to like any arrest or anything, unlike the uh, Brady Reef and Tristan Warp suspensions, which you know were the result of alcohol incidents. This is something more team rules, which could be it could be a range of things. They spell out all what it could be. Apparently, something happened that said in the late spring, and they've been kind of monitoring it for for the past ten weeks. There's some certain benchmarks these guys have to reach in order to kind of get back uh, onto the playing field. And Kirk Ferentz in the press release said that they're he's happy with the progress they're making, but obviously it wasn't enough to avoid a one game suspension. So it sounds like it's not going to linger beyond that one game. But now you're talking about four tackles, two defensive and two offensive. Uh, out for this game, and that's uh, four, all, all four guys on the depth chart, three of them starters. Uh, so, that's, you know, that's, that's a big hit for uh, some groups that were not very, you know, deep to begin with. Yeah, I'd like to start with uh, Alaric Jackson here because this is now, mm-hmm. I mean, by our read, two yeah, strikes. Uh, and you, and it's, uh, I believe it's a three strikes and you're out policy. So uh, that'll be something we'll try to clarify in media day, which is Friday. But I think that's a guy – when I saw his name as part of this, that's the little concern there. Little concern there. I don't know if there's. I don't think there's a character issue, but obviously, um, something worth monitoring there. I think that that uh, position is now even more dicey because of that. Let's say he has another uh, slip up, whatever it is, academic, right. you know, arrest related, anything. I mean, he's really on a short leash in terms of. His future with the program, um, based on my read of this, I don't. He's got a lot of time left too, yeah. Chad. I mean, there's still yeah, red shirt, There's a lot of stage to play on yeah. here. Right. So I, right. that's uh, that's more alarming to me than the short term thing. Um, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not too worried about Tristan Wirfs. Um, just by all accounts, high character kid that made a made a mistake. You know, hopping on his moped um, when he shouldn't have. Um, I I think that's a kid that's that's got things pointed in the right direction i don't see alarm bells going off there um but uh certainly at tackle if i think a lark is uh worth watching 
And then on you, behind him, yeah. the, uh, the Mark Kallenberger. That's the guy that I'm my eyes on. Six six, two eighty two, very high high rated prospect coming out of high school. Iowa was able to right. redshirt him. Um, did not was not able to redshirt Tristan Wirfs. But I mean, I I would be even before media day confident in predicting that he will be have a very very good chance to start that opener. Okay, as a redshirt freshman. Yeah. All right, Mark. What? Do, what how much does this really mean? We t- again touched on it very briefly about an hour ago here on the air. But uh, what does this mean for this matchup with Northern Illinois? And they've got a defensive end that's an all-American. He's kind of an undersized all-American, right? He's like six foot two thirty, something yeah, like that. He's a speed guy. Yeah. Yeah. And, so uh, what? What does this mean? That that seems like a problem, quite honestly. Yeah. Yeah. It means uh, Nate Stanley's head's going to be on a swivel. I mean, I, I just think the guy's a handful. No matter who's out there, now you're going to put. You know. They're going to have to start at least one person who's never started a game at tackle before. Uh, the only other possibility would be if they slide Levi Paulson back out there like they did in the pinstripe bowl, but we're not sure he's healthy. But he did start one game at tackle. I thought he was okay. didn't really distinguish himself in that pinstripe bowl game, but wasn't a liability either. Um, but other than that, you're, you're maybe starting two guys who never started that position before in a college football game, and that's uh, obviously a concern no matter who you're playing, frankly, because uh, Northern Illinois, is, like I mentioned, their defense was best in the MAC last year. Pretty good team. Not, this is not a pushover game at all. So I think that's the mm-hmm. that could concern for pass rush purposes. I'm sure it's also a concern in the run game because these whoever you put out there obviously is not your best player by by definition. He's not a starter, so he's not your best player. Right. And I would just echo what Chad was saying. We look at what happened when Manny Ragumba got suspended last year for that first game. Never seemed to recover. I don't know whatever happened there. He just he did not have the season he thought he was going to have. Never kind of. I don't think he ever got the trust back of his coaches. Uh, ended up transferring this season, so that's that's the concern about these one game suspensions: is do they linger, on, you know, beyond this one game? And and uh, when when Chad mentioned Alaric Jackson, you know, there's something really to keep an eye on all year. Is he ever really fully back in the team and fully engaged and, and back to being the player that he's capable of being, or is this kind of affect his whole season now? Mm-hmm. Uh, because like Chad said, it's, this is two straight games that he's missed because of suspensions for something. There's something he's doing that's not meeting the standards of the coaching staff, and probably his teammates kind of get to weigh in on the stuff too, and so. Uh, something I think for Hawkeye fans to monitor. That's a guy that could be an NFL player someday, and uh, they need him. And mm-hmm. uh, he needs to get back to doing whatever he's not doing. He's got he's got to be fully committed to this team, and uh, and I think that's that's a concern, you know, just all season long. So, uh, but you mentioned the the you know Northern Illinois team. Yes, they they can rush the passer. That's their calling card. Card not just this one guy either. I mean, I think they led the nation in sacks last year. Certainly their lead. Fifth. Yep. Uh, after the quarterback. So that's. That's what they're going to try to do, and uh, I was going to have to find a way to counter that with two guys. Like I said, maybe starting the first time ever at that position. Plus, as I mentioned earlier, two new guards. I mean, that's the whole offensive line. I mean, you're going to have Keegan Render and four guys who have not played very much college football. Yeah, I think uh, if I were to predict the offensive line, I'd say left to right, you'd have Mark Kellenberger probably at left tackle. No, don't don't forget that Alaric Jackson was actually a surprise starter at left tackle in the opener last year. Um, with mm-hmm. Boone Myers out, I think that was a game day surprise, if I recall correctly. Um, right, you know, so they've they've had time to figure this out. So I think Kallenberger on the left side would be my guess. Um, and I think you'll see Ross Reynolds at left guard. I think you'll see Keegan Render at center. I think you'll see Cole Banwart at right guard. Then it's probably if is Levi Paulson healthy at right tackle, or is yeah. it going to be Dalton Ferguson who's a walk on? Uh, big guy, uh, fifth year in the program from Solon. Um, seeing him in some of the practice photos so he's obviously he's had some injury stuff but he's obviously healthy uh be interesting to see if he's that guy i don't see any other legit options outside of that and these so these guys really got to stay healthy maybe landon paulson 
somewhere in yeah, there. Yeah, look at that too. I mean, he's they keep talking about him. They're a little high on him, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, he's three hundred five, so he's got some size. Uh, but I think against this Northern Illinois team, you you kind of want the you Experience. don't need size yeah. because these guys are small yeah, rushers. Yeah, you, you, you yeah. kind of just need the guys that can get in front of them. <laughs> so that's where I think the tight ends mm-hmm. could come into play. Uh, sure. But uh, I do think Kellenberger getting some experience in this game, yeah. if that's the plan, we'll see more in Kids Day, could really benefit yeah. this team because they're really high on him. Maybe he slides into a guard spot once everyone's healthy and back, yeah. well, and off suspension, I, think, I should say. I mean, if it wasn't for worse last year, Kellenberger would have got a lot more juice as a recruit. I mean, he was a big-time recruit that kind of got lost because mm-hmm. of Worfs, don't you think, Chad? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that was a, that was, he and Worfs were very big high, high-end commits in that group, uh, also behind Epinesa. Some people in the building that don't necessarily follow the Hawkeyes on a day-to-day basis, and they certainly don't know all of these the, the details of these individual stories. But general college football fans, guys that pay attention to sports, maybe they're Cyclone fans specifically, have come to me and uh, three or four said, "Man, what's going on over there? You, you were with Ragumba, with uh, Brandon Snyder. You've got the Worfs and Jackson thing with Lattimore kind of mixed in. There seems to be a lot of this." players making bad decisions, things happening in Iowa City. What do you make of it? How do you answer that, Chad? Yeah, I think it's, um, you know, and, and add to that the attrition that's happened uh, in the offseason. Tons of guys have left the program, uh, almost all non-contributors. But still, um, you know, you want, there's, um, you know, it's it's definitely been a roster overhaul here in the past 12 months. Um, I think these last two uh, raised my concern level just a little bit um, because uh, here's two guys. We haven't talked much about Lattimore yet, but uh, here's two third-year yeah. guys in the program now, both from Michigan. Obviously, you know, uh, you know, I probably have some kind of relationship being in that class from the same state. Um, you know, I think uh, I don't know. You, you do have to wonder what's going on, but obviously, uh, fr- from the few people uh, that I've talked to. Uh, Close to the program, um, not in the program, but close to the program. Um, I'll say parents <laughs> um, uh, ha- actually have been very um, laudatory about how Iowa football has handled the um, discipline. Um, they think that that's a good sign for the. Uh, they actually think that that's a good sign for the program that they're kind of policing some of this stuff and not letting it get out of control. That's that's kind of the viewpoints I've gotten okay. from people. Who watch this very intently? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And as I said, Mark, when you when you know the individual details of these, I it was never even something that had occurred to me, honestly. And again, maybe seeing it, not seeing the forest for the, through the trees, or however that goes, that all of these kind of piled up. And when somebody mentions them all in a row to you, you go, mm-hmm. "Oh yeah. yeah, I hadn't thought about it." You're a guy that is certainly immersed in this day to day. But is that unwarranted to kind of take a step back and go, wait a minute, what, what, what's happening here? No, not okay. at all. I mean, four suspensions for a game is a lot. For, I, mean, I don't think I've ever covered a program that had four guys out for disciplinary reasons in one game. I don't know. Have you, Chad? Yeah, no, I don't think so. That's a lot. I mean, it's a, that's a big number. I mean, it's not getting yeah. your attention. It should get your attention. It's designed to get the players' attention. Of course, that's, that's ultimately what Kirk Ferentz is trying to accomplish here is to get these guys on a better path. And we'll see if he if he achieves that or not. And obviously, he's hopeful that he will. According to the press release today, he seemed pretty pretty positive that these guys had gotten the message. And we'll find out. But uh, yeah, that's that's a big number to happen all at once. There's been a spate of these. It's kind of I think marred the off season a little bit uh, for the mm-hmm. those things. I mean, it's just kind yeah. of this weird. Like every every day, or every week, there's something new, and you're like, what 
what is it? Can we get to the games yet or not? I know it's been like it's been the longest off season. Um, <laughs> yeah, and uh, okay. you know, yeah, every time we've we do, we don't get much availability. It's kind of interesting. Most of this stuff has actually happened since we've had all the coaches on the show. Yeah, you know what right. I mean? Like it's right. it's been kind of right. the last month here, so we haven't gotten much comment from you know the program. And obviously, we'll get some of that on media day, right. um, and and we'll get to see it kind of unfold during the kids' day scrimmage on Saturday, but. Um, how about we quickly talk about defensive tackle because now um, what does Iowa do without Cedric Lattimore in the opener, without Brady Reef in the opener? Um, I guess it's a good thing Matt Nelson's healthy. I mean, he will be yeah. absolutely starting. On, you know, Iowa fans have to hope he's healthy. They, listen, we've talked a lot as we've talked about that front four that you've got some flexibility at defensive end and a few of those guys that can slide in. Maybe this means Jay, they have to push the gas pedal on A.J. Epinesa a little bit earlier and maybe we do see him on first and second down earning those third down rush attempts as we right. uh, as we were told earlier is that possible yeah i mean i think you i mean i think the top line guys now become nelson and gosh who would it be um i mean reefs out yeah i mean can they move golston or he's kind of light i guess i mean golston is the backup he is smaller though he's six yeah. five two sixty five yeah i, I think, think it's he, more likely we see a moving and inside honestly Maybe Brinks. Brinks. Maybe Brinks comes in for this first game. That's a good call. He's done it before. Yeah, that's a very that's good call. Maybe. No, Vanessa, I'm just thinking maybe that op- if you slide a guy in, maybe that opens up a lot more snaps for him on the outside. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Right. That's true. I mean, I, that might be what they do. Four best guys, obviously. So, and he's he's definitely one of the four. Yeah. You know, maybe they slim down the mm-hmm. rotation right. for this first game. You know, yeah, make it a six-man rotation. It's not a great team offensively. You go. You go, Nelson. Golston and Brinks inside. You go Nelson, other Nelson, Hesse, and Epinesa outside. Uh, after that, who, we don't know. Who, maybe someone's emerging, yeah. you know, like a Brandon Garrett Simon Jansen, or Garrett Jansen. Here. Yep. Um, maybe that, that would be my solution. Slim it down to six. We've seen Golston. They're high on this guy anyway, Golston. Here's, so, what, here's what you need yeah, to clarify. Ahead. Were Jackson and Wirfs just suspended from the offense? <laughs> I like not it. a chance. Uh, you got some Twitter stuff you wanted to, to throw at us here? Yeah, okay. Uh, some of it's kind of fun stuff. Um, and we'll go uh, Justin Evans. Uh, we'll start with him. Uh, who are some of the new contributors going to be this year? And any true freshman making a splash in practice? We asked this question to uh, Scott Docterman when he had him when we had him on the other day, and uh, you know it, it's. Kind of an interesting year. I guess I'll just let you guys, you guys know this roster a lot better than I'm going to with, especially when it comes to the freshmen that can make an impact here. Mark, is there a guy that jumps out at you either on offense or defense that you think can be a true freshman making an impact? Maybe well, you're not true freshman. I mean, let's I, just go with, let's just go with a new newcomer, new, yeah. newcomer. Cause I think uh, Sergeant yeah. could fit into that. Absolutely. Sergeant for sure. Yeah. I think he's going to, I think he's going to get a, a decent amount of carries. Um, and I'll be curious to see him in the pass game to see if he can help there because that's certainly not something that, Torn Young is the strength of his. Um, I'm, I'm certainly intrigued by Henry Guile. Another talk about just sticking with running backs. Uh, I think he's got a chance to, to maybe make some noise here with a, in a thin group of running backs. So those are cool skill position guys that I'm that I'm curious to see. I mean, probably the guy that comes in with the most intrigue for me is Dallas Craddock, the safety. Now they don't really necessarily need safety necessarily, but I think he's a guy that can play. They're getting there. <laughs> Defensive backfield maybe, help. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he'll work his way into that into that rotation. Yeah, he, but he's uh, certainly comes in with a lot of hype. I'm going to go receiving game, um, Justin. I think uh, Tyrone Tracy. I would be uh, very, very 
I'm very, very confident that we'll see him um, week one in some capacity. A uh, very uh, electric playmaking guy in high school. And then uh, the guy we haven't mentioned, who's a fifth-year senior, Kyle Gronweg. Yeah. Uh, we've heard a lot about him. I've, we still have yet to see him play. Uh, wasn't wasn't available in the open practice we had in the spring or the spring game. Um, so maybe we'll get to see him Saturday at Kids Day. But those would be the two two newcomers. And then I would echo the sergeant thing. In the photos, it looks like he's gotten first-team reps. Uh, I definitely think he's going to be in that top three running back rotation at this point, um, as long as everyone's healthy. And, uh, yeah, saw him on that last chance you, and he looked good. <laughs> he did. He was running <laughs> running over those guys. Of course, guys, they just showed the touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Right. In a 70-7 game yeah. or something. How about this? Uh, and not that he'll make an impact on a – in any of the big games, but I've mentioned it a few times. I really like this idea of letting these kids play four games and keep mm-hmm. their red shirt. And Spencer Petrus, it might be fun to watch him against the UNI in Northern Illinois and maybe the Illinois of the world to see him kind of get out there and have some flash. So if that's the that's the yeah. one that I'll be excited to see very early on and then hopefully sporadically throughout the year. <laughs> <laughs> too much of him could mean a bad thing. One other quick tangent on this four-game rule, and, and then we can get to the next question, but something I've thought about too is there's a lot of guys on this Hawkeye roster that played as true freshmen um, that if they get uh, dinged up, let's say, early in the year, I mean, even if it's a big name, I mean, I'm, they're not going to... Tristan Wirfs. Wirfs is going to miss the first game. Let's right. say, God forbid, there's an injury. Yeah, right. You know, in Wisconsin game, mm-hmm. maybe that's something they look at and say, "Well, we're gonna, you know, if we they bring wouldn't him, bench him." But I mean, if yeah, if right, he's hurt if we, long enough, if we bring him back, we're only gonna get him for five games. Let's right. just sit him one of those games, and we can call this a redshirt year. Yeah, you can see something. I huh. I just wanted to mention just to keep an eye on something like that. If you know, let's maybe a Brandon Smith or a Max Cooper or whatever those a guys guy can that's all, just seldomly used. Yeah, yeah maybe that's a, maybe too. a Cooper's a good a good example. Or um, heck, if Amani Hooker gets hurt. You know, that's a guy that can has a, has a year available. Amani Jones, Christian yeah. Welch, all these guys uh, potentially could save a year. So just something to watch this year. We'll be we'll be trying to count those uh, as the weeks go on here as reporters. Um, this one really uh, dovetails from Andrew Weeks, I think, into that freshman category as well. Uh, who are going to be our? He's saying R as Hawkeyes. Who are going to be our third and fourth defensive backs after Matt Hankins and Michael Ojemudia? No. Oh. Cornerbacks, he's talking, obviously. Yeah, cornerbacks, yep. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I would say Trey Creamer, don't you think? Mm-hmm. I do. Yeah, yeah, he's got a chance. And then I, I think it's going to be a true freshman beyond him, honestly. They've what got a couple that? they're excited about there, though, right? Don't they have a couple of cornerbacks that are oh, yeah. that are freshmen that they're, they're pumped yeah. about? Yeah. 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 Josh Turner. And Josh Turner's on the depth chart now, yep. The updated depth chart. There is an updated yeah, Terry Roberts. Yep, Terry Roberts. DJ Johnson, I think, is kind yeah, of the okay. one with the most um, intrigue as far as playing right away. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I like. Uh, I, th- I think Creamer's probably. Would you say Creamer, DJ Johnson, if I if we made you do three, four? I'd go. I still go Turner just okay. because he's been in the program a year, and um, Kirk Ferentz, you know, had some nice things to say about him at Big Ten Media Days. So I'd at this point, I'd say those are your top four. I think I think DJ Johnson was the guy that uh, Doc thought. Hey, if, you, if there's a freshman to keep an eye on defensively, mm-hmm. that's the one. Mark, you think he's a guy that could climb into that top four? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree that. Uh, I mean, I think it's wide open, honestly, beyond those top two. And we'll see these. Well, the nice thing is, we finally get to see some kind of football. We'll see these guys on Kids Day. Now, a lot of times they hold guys out for minor nicks. So you know, mm-hmm. if a guy's not playing, you know, we Don't won't get to, we won't get to see him. Um, but yeah, the, 
So we'll get to see these guys at least a little bit in action. That's absolutely one of my top pieces of intrigue. I think, boy, we're giving Phil Parker a lot of, which we should probably, but we're giving him a lot of credit because everyone keeps saying, ah, secondary will be fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. But the team lost Rugamba. He was a star- he was yeah. an eleven game starter. Uh, Josh I mean, Jackson. Josh Jackson, uh, second round NFL draft pick, and Brandon, Brandon Snyder. Snyder's gone. Those are three, put you know stars you probably but assumed they- you'd have a year a year ago. Uh, I know they've they got put it hard there though. They did, but I'm just saying they're yeah. they're going to be young. All right, what's any more uh, any more fun oh, from yeah. Twitter? All right, yeah, let's see. Bring um, it. Yeah, sorry about that. No, uh, no. Percentage chance of Iowa winning the first game based on who's available one week ago compared to today from uh, M Hawk Retland. So uh, Mark seemed to be the guy that um, almost flipped his pick. So what were the percentages yeah. a week ago? What what are the percentages now? Let's say pre worth yeah. even. Pre worth, yeah. yeah. Pre worth, I would have said ninety five. Um, no, I'd say maybe eighty five. I still, I mean, I mm. it changes how I think a little bit, but I, it, ultimately, I just decided that uh, with this much time to prepare, I think, like I said, I think these guys will, the guys that they have will be ready and very motivated to show that they belong. And I think, yeah. you know, obviously there'll be some hiccups, but I do think they'll ultimately perform pretty well and uh, certainly better than the Northern Illinois. I think this is the type of game where you, if if all things being equal, as an offensive coordinator, you kind of want to play things close to the vest and get the win. Yep. But I think this mm-hmm. might be a case where Brian Ferentz has to, you know, pull out some more from the playbook than he would prefer going into that Iowa State game, which is another reason I've I've got that one as a loss. But did you um, have numbers that that when he asked for a percentage change? Oh, did numbers. A- yeah, I I think it's I think we're down to about seventy percent that Iowa wins ah, this opener. Okay. I I think mm. I mean I'm. You know, when I did my game by game, I kind of looked at that and I'm like, I think uh, it's a lot better. I think it's a better chance Iowa goes one and one in those first two than they go two and zero. Oh. That, that's how I see it. Um, yeah. And so I ended up picking the Iowa State game as a as a loss. But I think that I think a if they can get out of that those first two weeks two and zero, oh, that's a a very nice success for this Hawkeye team, which got a little bit of off season turmoil. Man. Don't you think? I mean, yeah, I, I, if you're going right, to parlay these games in Vegas, let's say. Yeah, right now, it's no. Not a, you wouldn't I, get, I don't want to sign You wouldn't that, get even but, money. Yeah, you're right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because <laughs> the Iowa games, Iowa State games, a three-point three, spread. Right. It's and, and, and this one went down to, what did you say, 10.5 from 13, 10 and a half. something like that? I mean, that's not. Still a significant number, but three-point swings, that changes things. I was thinking 90 to 80, and then Mark did the 95 to 85. I think that, right. yeah, I'm somewhere in that range. I'll go 85 to 70. Okay. There you go. Uh if this is a good one from Chris Bryant, I like this one a lot. If Iowa did Chris a, Bryant, yeah, he listens to the show. Yeah, big, yeah. big Hawkeye fan. Yeah, he's we, on the DL. Listen, we yeah. made a huge impact on him. His time here in Des Moines. Yeah, did the ice Mark. bucket challenge with Birchie. Um oh. You guys watch Hard Knocks? Ever? I did not watch it no. last night. Was but the you've first watched night. it before? Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah, yeah. There was uh, apparently uh, kind of Jarvis Landry was kind of the star of the show last night, mm-hmm. or else, or was that the defensive lineman that um, was doing all the? Macroeconomics, et cetera, financial planning. Anyway, uh, if Iowa did a hard knock style series for training camp, which obviously is going to happen at some point, I'm just kidding. Oh, sure. Uh, what player or coach would be the breakout star from this squad just based on personality? Love the question. Uh, I'll let you, you guys know these guys a little better. I'm going to start trying to remember all these interviews that we had with them and just try to pick apart personality from, from their, their voices and those phone calls. Mark, is there a guy that jumps out at you as, you know, this guy could really be a, a, a yeah. social media star or something? 
I'm going to go Amani Jones. Oh, that's a good pick. A very interesting guy, very voluble, um, and uh, doesn't always give you the answer you think you're going to get, which is <laughs> interesting. Uh, I saw, and then coaches maybe Tim Polisek. Mm, wow, okay, I like that pick. Yeah, he's he's got a little bit of an edge to him. Mm-hmm. Um, Chad, is there one that jumps out at you? I'm, I'm I'm remembering a few of these right now, so I'll see if you'll steal mine. Well, I think uh, Amir Smith-Marset, uh, we haven't ever got a yep. chance to talk to him, but uh, went to the same high school as Akram Wadley, and uh, Wadley was a... I hope. Well, I have high hopes. And uh, <laughs> Kirk Ferentz, you know, when you when you ask him about Amir Smith-Marset, he said he's got a good spirit about him. So I think that he's got yeah. a lot of energy. Uh, maybe we'd get some shots of him looking at his phone. That's that's the first thing that I thought of was the phone <laughs> conversations we had. Now, was he asking about players or coaches? That both. would be bo- yeah. okay. Okay, could be both. I like the Polisak pick. Uh, I do. I actually think. Um, I actually think Brian Ferentz would be fascinating. Mm. Fascinating to be mic'd up for a whole day on that show or a week. Uh, yeah. And we've actually seen Ken O'Keefe on Hard Knocks before. When they did the Miami Dolphins, that was uh, he had kind of a bit part in that show when he was the receivers coach. So, but uh, uh, I will go. Uh, since you took Polisek, I'll go with Brian Ferentz. Um, Got it. But Seth Wallace and f- actually Phil Parker has a reputation for being yeah. very much. See, that's the thing. You, the defensive guys are usually the most yeah, colorful, yeah. right? They're they're the guys sure. that have the sailor's mouth and all that stuff. And I'm not saying any of these guys do, but I'm just that's the usual stereotype. Mm-hmm. Well, Phil Parker does. I think. Phil okay. Parker does. <laughs> all right. I'll let you say it. What about Kelvin Bell? We had a fun conversation mm. with him. He seemed like a guy that had a really good personality. Yeah. He's an interesting dude. Is that is that a guy that like Hawkeye him. fans would see that and go, oh yeah, I like sure. him. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, yeah. I like that. How about uh, yeah. any other players that would be? I mean, we're kind of getting on a tangent here, but um, would stand out as maybe a surprising star to others. AJ Epinesa, does he have the personality of a superstar? That's a good question. Yeah. Good question. We'll talk to him for the first time as a Hawkeye here on Friday. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Um, that's interesting. Interesting. Oh. I think. Uh, I mean, those tight that tight end room. I'd love to get in there a little bit more. That's you know, Fant would be. A, that's a good one. Um, yeah. You know, you've got Drew Cook, the you know the former quarterback in there. I think there's some interesting dynamics in there. Uh, the the D backs room could be fun because you've got those young young, guys. young yep. personalities that are coming in. That absolutely they've, they've got to think that they're on top of the world right now, and that could be fun to watch. Yeah. Either the realization that they're great <laughs> or that. Uh, that you know that human reality that sets into a lot of us in life. Yeah. So that exactly. could be interesting. That's a fun question to to think about in your head. Yeah, that is a good question. Um, Travis Vogel says, "Can we send some players to party with Sutton Smith undercover before classes start?" <laughs> That's the NIU defensive end, the All American. That's the, <laughs> That's the kid that we're worried about. I yeah, like okay. that question. The answer is no. And then um, I've actually got to to finish up here. I've got a question for Mark. Um, he was going to do uh, before this stuff broke today. Uh, his plan was to to look at some second team battles. We're, we usually talk about first team position battles. What are some of the uh, uh, battles for backup jobs, Mark? That you are most intrigued with um, as we head into media day, kids day, and uh, the, kind yeah. of the middle of fall camp here. Yeah, that's a great segue, actually. Yeah, because one of them was defensive tackle before this. Even before this happened, with Brady Reef out for at least one game. And I know you and I have talked about this, Chad. You were concerned about the depth there, kind of all along. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, they, you know, they keep moving defensive ends inside. Matt Nelson, 
Golston, Brinks for a while, and now we're not sure if he's moved back outside or if he's going to stay inside or where he's going to be. I don't think he knows where he's going to be. Doesn't seem to, to have a preference. Um, so I, that's definitely one defensive tackle, I think, has become very urgent uh, very, very quickly because uh, to, to, you can't just play two guys there. I mean, right. offensive tackle in a perfect world, you know, if they're not suspended or injured, you could play two guys every snap. Defensive right. tackle, you can't do that. Then cornerback with Ragamba's departure, we just talked about that earlier, who's going to back up uh, Ojemudia and and uh, and Hankins and and uh, and I first of all I'm not even sold on Ojemudia yet as a starter so that's the first question that has to be answered is to be a guy that's going to be able to play every game and, and be a, a a factor for this team and so then who's going to back him up I think that's another big one and then of course quarterback is that's just so essential the the Petrus Mansell battle I think is is almost as interesting as a first string quarterback battle was last year because uh, you know, if anything happened to Stanley uh, that that's the uh, emergency. That's a nine one one call right there. Yeah. Well, one of those guys has to be ready to at least be serviceable. Like I'm not saying they have to come in and be great, obviously, but it can't be a something that's going to be let the team down. So that's uh, those are the three coming into this that I was thinking about. And now, now of course, now you got to add offensive tackle because uh, mm-hmm. that's become a, a well, big yeah. a big factor today. Obviously, yeah, yep. Uh, Ross. Yeah, there was a couple there? that were jumping out to me, but it's more like the skill positions. I, I mean, I, mm-hmm. I think we've. We kind of settled on those three guys at running back, but it is it, there's a freshman there that could kind of sneak his way in. Yep. Seems like wide receiver. There's a couple of if we're talking about those backup slots, and there's a couple of question marks there about where does Cooper fit in? How, how often do we see Smith? Because Smith, Marset, and Easy well, are going to be your well. So they've got Brandon Smith listed as a starter now, so I think your top three are pretty clear. Okay. Actually, top four with uh, Smith, Smith, Marset. Grown away again, but, obviously easily. But Ross, I mean, if any of those guys goes down, which you know could happen, of course, or suspended. Yeah, there's nothing behind those four that we know of, right? Right. Yeah. In terms of the pecking order, I mean, yeah, we have. Yeah, I mean, maybe Max Cooper, maybe yeah. Tyrone Tracy. Yeah. Um, we don't, you know, Devonte yeah. Young's still on the roster. Um, yeah, you know, he was been on. Yeah. Uh, still looking for his first career catch. I would go with the uh, what I'm uh, actually going to the media day and and kids day. Equally intrigued, right? Uh, with you, Mark, Mark is uh, the backup QB, uh, Manziel Petrus. Yeah, yeah. No idea what's uh, how they're going to handle that. I think Manziel uh, would be you know the starter if it's you know yeah. if Stanley's out tomorrow. But uh, I think that that's the type of thing where we saw uh, yeah. Stanley emerge um, late in camp right. a couple years ago. Been so. here seven months now. So. And then uh, yeah, at cornerback, the I was going to have to find a nickel corner like. Before yeah. it was like, okay, well, they've got Hankins, Rugamba, and Ojemudia. Like that's probably and, yeah. and we also thought well, maybe Snyder or Hooker could yeah or slide transition right. into that nickel corner. Yeah. But now Snyder's yeah. gone, so now yeah. I don't think you move any of those safeties anymore. Um, yeah, and I don't, I don't think you mess with that safety position. I think you need Geno Stone as your top backup. Uh, yeah. and, and I wouldn't be stunned if Geno Stone competes for a starting job. I mean, I don't think it's out of the question. Yeah. Um, yeah. I agree. He showed some talent, so. That Nick, who's going to be the if it's not Ojemudia, if Ojemudia starts, let's say, mm-hmm. um, right? Who is the nickel yeah. corner? So you got to have, you still have yeah. to have that third guy because they play that guy a lot, typically. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, fun, man. This yeah. is I like doing these uh, these extra ones. No time limit on this. This is a great time. Hope you folks enjoyed it. Also, Mark, you and I are going to tackle this thing next week. Sounds like Chad's going to uh, fake his way through the outdoors. We'll see how that yeah, works out for him. <laughs> 
Good luck getting back from that. All right, Hawkeye season weeks away. Fun time uh, breaking down each game, and uh, this podcast extra, always a lot of fun. Thank you folks so much for downloading, listening, and interacting with us. We love seeing the reactions. I I was out at Tasty Tacos the other day, guys, and uh, a gentleman, I sat down to eat my tacos, and the gentleman next to me says, hey, are you Ross? I'm like, yeah. He goes, man, I love Hawk Central. So thank Sweet. you very wow. much for uh, for all that stuff. We we really appreciate it, guys. Can I jump in one more time? Yes, absolutely. If you see that guy again, tell him that Mark and I are tentatively planning, if I remember the podcast equipment, to do a bonus podcast Saturday night after Kids Day. That's the tentative plan. Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll, Potentially. We will do it. We'll, we'll try to if remind Andrew Downs can uh, be a peach and post it for we'll, us. We'll see if we can make oh. something work on this end. <laughs> yeah, I'll grease some skids over here. Thanks a lot, everybody. We really appreciate you listening to Hawk Central here on 1460 KXNO.